0: Hello, everybody. It's Graham Cove with another My Music. Um, in a minute, we're going to be learning some vocabulary. So I hope you're all ready for that this afternoon. If you're not, uh, you know, make yourself a cup of tea, get yourself into the right headspace. And in a minute, we'll come back and talk to Neil and uh, we'll learn a word or two. Uh, but first, which watch a really shockingly loud video, uh, which will probably break the silence? You to uh, analog trash for sponsoring this show and, and for providing us with that that moment of entertainment there as well uh do check out analog um keep on don't stop you see that was the message throughout that video and that was kind of what we were talking about just before we came on because uh that's what life is
1: like isn't it for most of us these days we just keep going <laughs> we don't stop yeah you know and i and i think it actually uh i was i was uh had a radio interview last night with a, a great artist from Spain called Nacho Vegas. And he, he was telling the uh, Portuguese radio three um, interviewer, uh, Nuno Calado, the radio DJ. They were talking about that. And um, Nacho said something along the lines of, you know, the pandemic was a moment for us to sort of ponder when we were all stuck at home, we got to sort of ponder time and how we wow. use the time and, you know, the the hopeful sort of feeling at the time was that hey, we might learn something from this and do things a little bit better after and it seems like we've actually in a way gone the other way. Yeah. And so we we've 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 come out of the pandemic in a world that is even more sped up because we have new habits. We're you know, we're online even more than than we were before, and and you know, we're dealing with several time zones at once, and everyone sort of expects us to be available, whether they're calling from California or, or, or Australia or whatever. And it's like, actually we've gone back to a sort of in local physical existence where we're in our own town doing our thing, but everybody else online is still also expecting us to, to keep mm. up. And I think, I think it's sped up in a really unhealthy way, to be honest. I, you know and I, and I think it's really key as we were saying before, I think it's key to find those moments to so, sort of tune out and just, uh, live the moment and you were teaching me a word do you want to teach everybody that word oh yeah no yeah there's a there's a word in alentejo which is the southern region of portugal you know the 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 plains and the farmland uh lots of grapes wine um and they have a word called vagar v-a-g-a-r, vagar. i love it it's just the
0: way you say uh, even the sound of it sounds
1: like the word it's almost on the matter, isn't it it's sort of like a, a multiple level thing too, because vagar could mean the motion of the waves, mm. or it could mean having time to do something, or it could mean having time to do nothing. And it, and oh. so you know the, the multiple levels of it, it's a beautiful word. And, and it's um you know, we we have we're very fortunate to have uh Toze and Lusitanian ghosts playing the viola campanisa from the Alentejo. So he he taught us that word.
0: Yeah. I that's that is an absolutely beautiful word. And I think we all need a little bit more of it. I, I, in terms of what you were saying about the the pandemic and time standing still and us, you know, hoping we'd learn from that, I feel that so much. I really do feel that so much. I I think the big uh disappointment that some of us will think about looking back on the whole pandemic period maybe maybe not everybody but I certainly will to some extent will be that I felt in those moments where we didn't know what was coming that I part of me had had to keep busy because that's the kind of person that I am right (laughs) yeah yeah and I wish I just I wish in a way (laughs) I mean starting this was a good thing And I've, I've enjoyed continuing with this, but I think in a way, perhaps, you know, some of us left the opportunity there to actually just do nothing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, and you know, it's hard, isn't it? I think there's a, there's a very direct um, emotional connection between doing nothing and doing what really pleases us, you
0: know,
1: and if, and if, if we took up things during a pandemic that were um, emotionally beneficial, then by all means, I think we should try and continue um, those activities and, and persevere even as life <laughs> comes back at us. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, like, you know, full speed train. Um, I
0: think the reason we've sped up coming back in is because I think we feel that we've lost time. You know, we've, we, we may have, we, it may have, you know we may be trying to make up for for lost time but that's ridiculous isn't it because once it's gone it's gone <laughs>
1: you know yeah i th- i think there might be some sort of escapist behavior on that level but, but i don't think you know as a rule i don't think at least that's not my that's not my uh perception of it i don't i don't think it's a lost time situation i think it's more of like just a uh, multiple levels of behaviors and day-to-day habits that are now sort of Layered on top on you know instead of just having one life, we just have these multiple levels of existence, whether physical or virtual or whatever and and that's not very healthy no well, let's
0: let's talk about the long train all right, your your song because yeah, I'll tell you what it fits in nicely to the discussion because listening to that i I felt like time had just gone back. <laughs> It just feels it really feels like not only in the actual writing but the production and everything, it just feels like a time in the past.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I I'm very happy to hear you say that. I mean, you know, we went out of our way in a very sort of, you know, purposeful mission to to record and mix on analog. Mm. Um, and come out of the studio with stereo and and mono mixes, you know, all analog. So I think analog trash would also appreciate that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but but we we, we went to a studio. One, I think one of the few studios where you can still do that these days at a somewhat affordable, um, you know, cost. But but we it it was really um, uh, what do you call those filmmakers that sort of set set up some rules as to how they go about shooting and we, we set up those rules about how we go about recording and so yeah, yeah you know it was it was about doing it the old-fashioned way and and um, uh, doing things live off the floor um, on tape mixing down to tape you know not spending a lot of time questioning uh, uh, performances and stuff I, I think I tried like uh, four different vocal mics. Um, just because I could, and, and and it was it was like we ended up using a Neumann and, and an, an old uh, RCA for the double. Wow. And, and it was, but it was it was very. I mean, some of the reference points for what we what we did in, in the studio at Clouds Hill were like uh, "Exile on Main Street" by the Stones. So it was, it was it was sort of it was it was meant to sound that way, and I'm happy it does sound you no know, from way. what from what you're saying i'm happy the mission was accomplished <laughs> yeah no
0: it really does sound that way you would never think that this is a this is a recording in 2022 2023 you'd never think that yeah you, it was january
1: you, it was january 23 so it's it's from this year
0: it's from yeah this year. you would you would generally think you know you could you could place this in the middle of early 70s or something like that and it would sound absolutely at home
1: that's very cool thank you
0: it is well it is and it's incredibly cool and i just i just think it's got a lovely uh because of that the whole sound of it has got a lovely warmth to it hasn't it
1: yeah i mean the other sort of peculiar bit is that we didn't use any guitars so it's it's all of um Lusitania Ghosts is a is a sort of chordophone project using these medieval folk instruments from Portugal. They're mm. sort of these half-sized guitars with different sets of strings and different tunings. Uh, on the first record, we we still used the old uh, six-string electric and and acoustic, and but but we we dropped that from the second album, uh, and this third one also. There's no guitars at all, so it's it's just. Um, these violas from Portugal, um, the viola amarantina, the campanisa, which Tose plays from the Alentejo. Mickey Ghost from from Sweden plays the amarantina. I think he's the first Swedish man to to learn the viola amarantina from the north of Portugal. Wow. We also have um, Abel Beja from Primitive Reason playing the uh, viola tristeira, which is from the Azores. So from you know somewhere between Portugal and America. And, uh, and Abe was actually born in, in New York City, so he's himself sort of, you know, halfway between Portugal and the U.S. And it's, um, so it, it's sort of a peculiar mission because we have the instruments from Portugal, but, we, you know, we want to make an old school record on analog tape. And it's sung in English by Mickey and I. And it's uh, so it's sort of a I don't really know how to describe it. Now, and no, no disrespect, no disrespect to
0: anybody out there that's uh, that's making music documentaries at the moment because there's hundreds of them um, <laughs> that are appearing here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. And and you know, whilst whilst um, it's you know it's great that uh, Ed Sheeran and the, the like uh, are making their documentaries and and, and putting them on all of the big streaming platforms um there's a there's a documentary i'd love to see i'd love to see you guys actually having to learn these instruments and and what was that process like do you you know do you have to find someone to teach you to to play it do you have to you know sort of find find an old master or do
1: you yeah well well there's two ways to go about that i mean Well, probably more than two ways. But when we were doing the first album, we we invited a young filmmaker to do a documentary. Um, It never really got a wide release or anything, but there is sort of a making of and a full feature documentary, like an hour long film on the first record. Um, And, you know, we talked to some ethnomusicologists about the instruments and we sort of documented that. So I can, I can send you a link for that. Um, But to the second question you know when, when i i bought our first viola marantina and i took it to stockholm gave it to mickey ghost uh Mikhail lundin he went on youtube and and um found some old uh players of the marantina and so he sort of oh, right. and he and he reached out he wrote them and he said look i i've been gifted this instrument by a friend of mine and i want to learn how to play it you know how many different tunings are there it's a 10 string instrument like there's the mañavenga, which is one particular tuning, which is the old way, and then there's a slightly more modern way, which is still over a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think he learned um, he learned with that second tuning uh, from someone that he um, reached out to on YouTube. But but you can that's one way to go about it is to talk to the old players and keep the original tuning of the instrument and try to learn with that tuning and it's like learning a new language it's like learning to play an instrument where the you know the notes are not where you expect them to be on the guitar um another way to do it is to use the instrument but retune it to a regular guitar um and we also had some of our some of the members in our collective um uh which are not on the new record but on the previous record um, ugajo who also played the viola campanisa. Uh, Gajo played the viola campanisa but tuned like a guitar, right. uh, and I think Abe from Primitive does that as well with the triseta. So, so there's that's another way to do it. You're still using the old instrument, which sounds a different way, but you're tuning it to a way that is already part of your language. And I don't think there's a right or wrong to that. I think I think a lot of sort of purists in the folk circles go you know oh you cannot you know you can't change the tuning you're you're, you're messing with uh, whatever i'm like i don't i don't really believe that i think it's an so, instrument at the end of the day yeah yeah exactly yeah. So it's it's meant to be uh experimental to a degree and if and if yeah. it, if it helps you along but to you know i mean even a guitar can be tuned a number of different ways i mean right violin, there's open E, there's open G, there's many different ways to tune it. So I, I, I'm all for it. And I think um, uh, that's kind of what it is about as well, is, is breaking down these sort of preconceived ideas of what you can or cannot do with certain instruments.
0: I mean, that's important. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, we'd never, we would never have had any evolution in music, would we? Right, we, exactly. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have had anyone ever. Stick yeah. a guitar, stick up an amp on the guitar, or then stick a
1: distortion pedal on the guitar, and you know, yeah, or reverb on vocals or whatever it might be. But it, it, I, I think that's part of the process, yeah. And I think if you know, another sort of mission that we're on to an extent is is to sort of um, get some international recognition for the instruments themselves because, um a lot of people know the ukulele as a Hawaiian instrument, but actually the ukulele is a, a descendant from the Cavaquinho, which is another Portuguese chordophone that made its way around the world in the ships back in the, uh, terrible, terrible age of the discoveries in quotes, where we were, uh, you know, one of the major proponents of the slave trade and, um, you know, not, not a very, uh, healthy colonial uh, presence but, but but it's uh but at least the instruments sort of made the rounds i guess and um but that's the story of the ukulele and the cavaquinho but these instruments were buried in the in you know by the portuguese fascist regime in the 20th century uh all they wanted people to sing was father music because it, it teaches you to accept your fate yeah mm-hmm. so it's, your fate god and the family and you know the man is in charge woman's in the kitchen and the folk instruments were the opposite of that you know the folk instruments you would you would exchange ideas and sing around the kitchen table and and complain about life in a in a perhaps healthier way and so the regime let's say didn't didn't shut it down entirely but it it wasn't in there was no uh support or incentive for folk music yeah a lot of the a lot of the old guitars actually went extinct the the chordophones went extinct in the 20th century they were just like used for firewood and thrown in the fireplace and so people stopped building them they they stopped uh playing them first and then building them and and there's i think not just us but a whole new generation of artists that are picking them up again and that's a good thing
0: have folks got that kind of history wherever you go, hasn't it, across the world? You know yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't matter whether you 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 know you know you're talking folk music from Portugal, you 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 know, you go ten minutes down the road here in Somerset and you know find the folk music of this part of the of the world and you know it's always partly come from sort of the stories of hardship or or the the stories of the the, you know the people struggle but with with real hope in it always
1: yeah i mean there has to be some um light at the end of the tunnel i mean there's some really really great songwriters that i very much appreciate um that, that can be very dark very very you know down um most of the time, or even all of the time. But but I, I do think that there has to be some light. And I, you know, again, it goes back to records like Exile on Main Street, you, you have high points and low points, it's a dynamic. Um, listen from start to, it's, it's, it's like a journey, right? It's uh, you, you, so, yeah, we just we sort of try and um, live up to those influences in, in our own humble way you know using these funny little instruments
0: so what is the long train then
1: well i i think it's um it's about feeling alive it's it's a it's a song that you know tries to sort of paint several examples of when you feel most alive Mm. um and in connection with with whatever emotion you might be feeling. You might be really, really happy or you might be um, at a terrible low point in life uh, or your life might be changing. You might be leaving home. Um, I I remember one of the the most intense memories in my life um, other than the day my daughter was born, which is definitely number one, you know, amazing best day of my life. I think one, going going back um, when I was in Toronto and going off to university, and I, I packed all my stuff in my car and got behind the wheel and drove from um, Toronto to to Windsor, and hitting the hitting the four hundred one, um, that moment really sticks out. And it was you were like, you you have the complete notion that that is one moment in time that you will never relive.
0: Yeah. And, and that you're li- leaving behind something that you've known.
1: And you, and you're, you feel absolutely, yeah. um, you know, the, the weight of whatever time you have in your life and, and the, the, the presence of that, you know, some sort of universal connection, you know? Yeah, and yeah, it's, I understand uh, that. Yeah. So I, I guess the song just tries to sort of talk about different, ways that you can sort of connect to that energy and it's i mean one one of my personal favorites is driving um if we drive a little bit south of lisbon and we go past setubal on the way to the alentejo there's a bunch of storks that are living on the the hydro like the power lines yeah yeah Yeah, yeah. and i love that i just i love seeing them just hanging out you know It's, it's like and and then they migrate they they go to you know wherever they go to in the winter i'm not sure where that is yeah. but but it's um but i think they're just an amazing uh species and and so there there's there's that line there I, the song was called storks for a long time for, really yeah before, before we uh before we settled on the long train
0: it is an amazing sight yeah. Oh, we, yeah we 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 drove past that last time we were in portugal and it's it's like oh well, that's they,
1: great so you, yeah what yeah. are they doing there <laughs> <laughs> i just saying that when 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 you when were you uh here that was uh two years ago yeah. all right very nice well, yeah yeah but it, i
0: it, yes. and we we've been we've been uh that way a couple of times but it's yeah it's one of those things it's it's almost
1: supernatural isn't
0: it in a way
1: that kind of yeah i think th- that's a good word because i think it is sort of a supernatural feeling that that I'm trying to describe in a very, you know, non eloquent sort of way, but but it, it is sort of like a transcendental feeling of connecting to something bigger. Um, and and that can I, I think music is a real driver for that. I mean. Um, there are some songs that can trigger that sort of emotional response time and time again. Mm. Um, and but it, it it just it 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 it's such a unique phenomenon to each person because it depends on our own sort of life story and how, what we go through at different times and what music we connect with when we're young, and I think it, it, I hope I'm mistaken, but I think those moments become fewer and further between as you get older, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why that is. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just me. Hopefully, <laughs> and um, but yeah, no. That's that's what the song's about. It's just a sort of celebration of life. Well, I, I guess
0: in a way, it's going to become fewer and far between as you get older, but possibly just because your eyes have seen more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, I don't know about how you feel, but you know, I also find it harder. This is a terrible thing to say, but I find it harder to connect with new music as I get older.
0: Um, I don't think that's an unusual thing, to be honest. Right.
1: But, you know, I mean, I, I I, would like to think that we sort of keep our minds open and discover new things and stuff, but, but the, the stronger emotional connections, I think, remain um, stuck in time in a way. I, again, I hope it's just me. <laughs> well, I, I think...
0: I think it can happen, but I think it happens less frequently.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Well, that's it. Exactly. I mean, and I I think, I think, you know, part of that is you're going through those big transform, uh, transformational experiences. Yeah. At at a particular time in your life, you know, when, when you're, when you're, uh, uh, you know, A young teenager moving into uh, into your early twenties, etc. That time of your life where, as you say, you get in the car for the first time and travel miles for the first time, and it's just like, oh, I have this freedom, and I and I and I, I can kind of choose what I do today. That's 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 a massive the first time you can choose what you do today. That's With a, your whole day and, and the whole week and the whole month and the whole year, right? I mean, that's it's, a it's massive, crazy. massive thing, right? Yeah. Because up until that, up until that time, you've been kind of beholden to your parents' time, and you know you've you've been safe within the nest, and now you're suddenly you're looking at the world, and you're just you're making decisions as to where you go in it. That's a huge thing. So yeah, any any of the music that comes into that soundtrack of that right. time,
1: yeah, is massive for you. But you know that's the funny thing about that moment I told you about driving down the four hundred one on the way to Windsor. I remember mm. the moment, but funny enough, I don't remember the soundtrack. Yeah, and and I mean, I remember the you know I I know everything that I was listening to at the time, but I don't remember at that exact moment what I was listening to, and that's a shame. But another thing I, I wanted to say, going back to the whole discovery thing, um. Yes, it is fewer and further between, but it's it's not over. I mean, I was at uh, Sapa Southwest uh, a few years ago, I think 2016 or so, and I went to see my friend Rishi from um, Elephant Stone, which is a band in, in Montreal, or there, he's based in Montreal now. Um, but before Elephant Stone played at Hotel Vegas, there was uh, another band that was on that I didn't know, and they hit the stage. and that was definitely that sort of moment of discovery because they've become one of my favorite new bands. It's a band from Houston, Texas called Chicha uh, spelled X, Y, X, A. And they mix, you know, rock and roll with, uh, with Cumbia, you know, so they're doing, I don't think if, if, if I hadn't seen Chicha at that time, it's possible that you would not have Lusitanian ghosts in the same way. Right. Um, because, I under you know I, I understood that they were mixing fusing rock and roll with cumbia and cumbia was part of their heritage um, um, you know the, the Latin America rhythms from Mexico Colombia and so and so I kind of accepted the instruments the chordophones as a leading force in in Lusitanian ghosts or a raison d'être in, in Lusitanian ghosts partly because I understood that rock and roll itself doesn't have to be stuck in time you know you can, and rock and roll should evolve and and it should sort of branch out and be more crossover there's no point in you know being in Portugal and trying to uh write songs like I did in London or you know uh, trying to be the next Nick Cave or Bruce Springsteen or what I mean that doesn't make any sense so yeah, yeah. It, it's sort of like um and Chicha really sort of tuned me onto to that um, possibility. So I thank those guys. Maybe that's a good thing, right? Maybe, yeah. maybe the way we've got
0: to look at it as well, and, and if this is resonating with anybody else out there today, I hope you're feeling the same way. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. May, maybe the way that us of a certain age need to look at it is that at a certain time in life, we just need to become more focused
1: that too um yeah. so i know. think it's easy to you know it's easy to become less focused in a way um and i think it takes more work to, to become more focused because there you know especially like we were saying you know there's so much going on on so many levels these days you, you could just sort of blow up waste waste your life away scrolling on social media or whatever rather than doing something productive and creative you know so so i i I hear you yeah 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 so you know just finding that thing yeah
0: that excites you again takes you back a little bit because it's you're experiencing that that same kind of transcendental feeling if you like
1: yeah, 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 and it's really good.
0: And then, and then maybe it's the experience to go with it. To go, do you know what? That's that's my focus now. That's my.
1: Yeah, you know. but, but at the same time, you can do that on. Okay, I'm going to sort of appear to be contradicting myself, but but you can do that <laughs> on, on multiple levels. Like I, you know, these days I'm very very happy uh, to be um, writing songs again with. Uh, my old band made from the conscience pilots, uh, the band we had in Toronto in the nineties, Edward Pond. And, you know, so conscience pilot is working on new material and there might be, you know, new sort of, uh, Indie glam pop, whatever you want to call it, you know, on that level. Whereas with Lusitania ghost, it's something else. And it's the chordophones and it's experimental. And I can even put out, um, solo songs once in a while with, uh, You know my my daughter playing cello you know so so it's like you know whatever whatever sort of um moves you at the time yeah you you, without sort of um losing the thread and the focus of each project experience allows you to to run multiple projects i think hopefully in a somewhat successful way (laughs) I i think sometimes actually having those
0: differences then those different yeah. types of project and 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 different opportunities actually allows you to find some some freedom in your craft as well. Yes. that I think that's yeah. quite important.
1: Um, because it's also not it wouldn't be a good thing to sort of get um, pigeonholed and just feel restricted to just writing on chordophone instruments. If you want to make a pop record, you know, like it's so so yeah, like and uh, another experience that i was extremely fortunate to to have just before the pandemic uh i went to toronto and played bass reuniting with my old high school band passion flower where i was just i i i'm not singing on it i'm just a bass player um but i always love playing bass because it's a totally different um experience to being in the band when you're not fronting um and you you can just really dig into the instrument and and have a totally different approach and perspective so I, I i really treasure also those moments of being able to do hmm. um, or you know playing different roles in in different projects
0: so it sounds neil like with all of these things going on you're you're actually
1: finding really good ways of filling up your cup all of the time yeah i mean you know filling up my creative cup because on on the business side uh, you know the music industry is a uh, many splendored thing and i'm i'm also running a label and a publishing company here in portugal working with many other artists and you know that keeps me busy and out of trouble most of the time and but, <laughs> but, I, but I had to sort of i had to balance that with more creative time again because um and i i mean to be, to be fair I think that was already sort of um something i recognized before the pandemic but the pandemic also sped that up Mm. and that was a good speeding up. (laughs) It's like, you know, there, there was multiple levels of speed, not, not, you know, maybe that's not the best choice of words, but the, the, there was multiple levels of like uh, readiness to implement some creative ideas. And you might not have had that time without the pandemic. Yeah. You might've wanted to do something that you didn't do because you were too busy at work or whatever. And, and I think, so there's 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 also a positive side to it at the end of the day. It kind of brings us right round to where we started the conversation. It, yeah, it does.
0: It, it's very yeah, it's very similar to actually, you know, why I continue to do this was because, you know, some people go, oh well, yeah, but if you're getting busy with work, you know, perhaps this is what you need to relinquish. It's like no, because if i don't do this then actually i would still i would actually feel more tired i'd actually feel more right right? because there, there, there are certain things
1: that you've just got to do because they actually make you happy right well yeah that's the thing right because it goes back to what we were saying about it's not about pausing and doing nothing it's about pausing to do something that Really, you enjoy doing so much that it recharges your batteries, yeah, and and it improves your quality of life, and and it's, uh, I think that's that's what it's all about, and it's, um, I'm trying to sort of keep that more in perspective post pandemic than I was able to do before, so that's where I see the light, or you know, I know a lot of people suffered, of course, uh, a lot during the pandemic, and it was a terrible uh, time for many people. But the first time we paused and we were stuck at home and we couldn't go out. Um, I mean, I, I actually really treasure that time as well. It was, it was, it was not, I, I, I can't, it was a really bad time for a lot of people, but I can't complain. I feel very fortunate in in that way because it was, it was a, a positive and constructive time um, with the family and the kids and in my, in my own mind, sort of reflecting on things and, Trying to sort of um, reconsider a lot of decisions, and so it, it, I, yeah, you can put that time to good use as well. Mm. So, uh, over the whole of the the new album, we we get these kind of themes, do we? In terms of sort of, yeah, you know, I ha- I actually haven't gone back to hear the rest of the record, <laughs> but I mean, we finished we finished the whole record um, mid January. And we mixed it the same week, um, and the mic- the record is now at the mastering phase with um, um, uh, Chris von Rattenkraut at, at uh, Sound Garden Studios in Hamburg, and um, and I haven't gone back. He's, he sent us last week. He sent Mickey and I the full mastered album, stereo and mono, for us to approve, and because. As I said, I was at Westway Lab last week and with Nacho Vegas on the road here in Portugal doing some promo for his record. We, um, I haven't actually gone back. In, so I haven't heard it in like over a month um, to the point where like I would have to jog my memory to actually uh, comment on the other songs. But what I can tell you is that the whole thing follows the same approach recording-wise, analog-wise, everything mm. was... Uh, you know recorded on two inch tape down to quarter inch yeah uh, um, no digital um up until of course the very last step before it goes on spotify or whatever Uh, and we're gonna press two lps one mono one stereo there will not be a cd release um but unless there are unless there are vinyl delays at the factories and such i would expect that the album would be out um mid to late september yeah, perfect.
0: Yeah, perfect. Just in time for my birthday, which is great. When's your birthday? Last day of September. Maybe we should go for that as the release date.
1: I'll make a note. Uh, I think. I think we're. Oh, that... You know, I it, again it depends on the vinyl <laughs> delays, but I was I was aiming at uh, somewhere around September 14th, and then um, there will be a show in Lisbon on October 14th. So the goalposts, the mid-range of the goalposts is your birthday. There so like, okay. uh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> oh. and you go. And you are, of course, invited to the uh, release show on October 14th. Oh, uh, thank you. Yes. At, uh, a, a small theater called Teatro uh, Taborda by the castle in Lisbon in the Moraria neighborhood wh- where I was uh, born. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Fantastic.
0: Uh, look, I'm I'm really excited to listen to the the rest of it um, because if it's anything like the the, the one track that you've uh, re- released already, um, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, and well, and it's it's uh, yeah, I, I I think it's um, I think it's lovely that you're bringing these instruments. Back for people to hear, or, or enabling people to hear these instruments in a very accessible way, as well, um, but actually crafting something very unique and different with it as well. That's 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 really what um, excites me about this as a as a whole project. So thanks, Neil.
1: For, yeah, for no, thank you. Me. I mean, it's those are very kind words. I, it's um, you know, at the end of the day, to us. They are just rock and roll songs. But I think uh, M- Mickey, Mickey once said in an interview that he um, when he started writing the songs on the Marantina, even at the composition level, the songwriting level, it changed the way he was approaching mm. the writing process. So it's not just a sort of sound or a, 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 a color that you give the production in the studio. It is very much the whole thing is anchored on the instruments it's um and yeah um you know lyrically thematically i'm not writing the, the same songs that i wrote in london you know rock and roll etc it I, you know all of the themes follow direct life experiences that i've had in portugal and, and they are sort of somewhat uh i suppose they're somewhat Biographical, not not in a literal way, but like a, just sort of a general influence sort of way. So I hope you like what you hear in the rest of the record.
0: I, I'm sure I will, folks. If if you'd like to find out more, if you'd like to um, experience some Lusitanian ghosts, uh, the, the single, the long train, is it is it out now, or is it is about? It is out now. now. Yeah, it's it out, now. out now. Um, it's available where?
1: Neil? On all streaming platforms in uh, stereo and glorious mono mixes well
0: you've got you've got to you've got to listen to it in both okay just to a get the streams up and b, <laughs> and b to understand what Monet sounds like for some of you whippersnappers yeah. out there um yeah. and and the the album uh which is going to be called Lusitonian Ghosts Free, is that right
1: yeah I mean we couldn't really come up with a catchy title or anything it's the third it, album so i think we're just going to keep the I uh... was
0: a sky fan when he was uh when he was younger and he, you know so he had sky one two three and he thought well you know what you know why why not
1: yeah i mean w- with the second album with um exotic Kishotic, Kihotic, uh you know we yeah i had the album title and the windmill sort of imagery with the don quixote thing i mean i had that whole thing down before we even made the record I knew I wanted it to have that title um and the songs were about you know quests and and the sort of personal challenges in our lives and stuff with this one I think it's actually a less in a way it's a less planned thing and it's more spontaneous and we we just don't think um any of the songs are sort of uh what do you call it like title tracks if you will But you know what? I think
0: you should do a Led Zeppelin. I think you should literally just have a picture on the cover,
1: yeah, and let people decide what they want to call it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's uh, that's a good idea. I mean, I think that's what we did on the first one. Actually, it was a big oil painting of our six faces at the time. But and of course, it because it was the first one, it ended up just being self-titled. But yeah, we don't have to put a three on the cover. It'll just be sort of like. Lusitanian goes, yeah, yeah, and then let people decide. They yeah. they can call it the you know. And and to be fair, it also feels because like I said on the first album, we were tracking um as a, a regular rock and roll band with bass and drums and guitar, and the the chordophones were overdubbed. Whereas in the second album, we lost the guitars. And we 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 recorded on tape, but we mixed on digital. And this third album is actually it it actually feels like a debut album to me because I think it's the first time that the whole vision has come together from the songwriting perspective to to the analog studio to the analog mixing to the final um, master of, of the album. So it kind of feels like it should just be Lusitania Ghosts, you know? And yeah the fact that it is a third record well yeah that's it took us it took us some took us a couple tries <laughs> that's just that's just when it came out
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: neil it's been an absolute pleasure as normal thank you so much with you. I've, yeah. i always enjoy our conversations. uh please do go and check out lusitanian ghost uh this has been my guest neil layton today um if you've enjoyed this do go and share it with lots of other people uh not because I want to become famous or anything, because I'm not going to be, Uh, but just because it shares a little bit of extra music with other people, which is the best way for people to find out about new music. Um, and yeah, uh, we will see you again later in the week with another My Music. Until then, bye for now. Thank you so much, Graham.